Welcome to the Walk On Red Shirts podcast. And guys, we have college football this week. Um, finally, it's here. But before we get into breaking down the Miami-Florida game, uh, we are going to do our final previews. Uh, we're going to tackle the SEC, uh, as well as some independent teams. Notre Dame's in here, obviously. I know folks have been waiting for that. And also the fun belt, which we'll tackle for precisely two minutes um, tops. Maybe 2.30. Uh, but, you know, Appy State always deserves recognition. Uh, never forget that. Big um, Troy guy. Big Troy guy myself. Uh, raging Cajuns. Raging, raging Cajuns. Love the nickname. Don't think they're very good. Um, and Troy lost their head coach, Neil Brown, to West Virginia. So who knows how good they're going to be. I guess Appy State lost their coach, too, but still. Um uh, we'll also give our top 25, not that they really matter to anybody out there, but uh, where we kind of see the teams as we kick off the season. Um, and then we'll get into breaking down Miami, Florida. We'll give our picks uh, throughout the season. We will have a kind of pick them thing within our uh, podcast group here and see who ends up winning at the end of the season. Um, but spread on that, 7.5 in favor of Florida. Um, that's <laughs> kind of high if you ask me uh but yeah anyway let's get right into the sec i guess let's get it out of the way i know everybody's kind of waiting to hear this and everybody will probably complain on the twitter um heisman contenders um obviously Tua. uh i that doesn't really have a whole lot to be said jake Fromm's in there as well i think quarterback for georgia few other ones I have here. I also have Najee Harris and Jerry Judy for Alabama. Again, I don't think a wide receiver is going to win the Heisman, but Jerry Jerry Judy is the best wide receiver in college football, bar none. Um, he's likely going to be a top five draft pick, I would assume, next year. Um, and then I also have DeAndre Swift from Georgia, who uh, not as productive of a season last year, but I think with Elijah Holyfield out of the backfield now, uh, that'll free up some room for him to run um, down there in Georgia. And That's all I really have. I mean, I'm sure you guys probably have a few more, but I don't see anybody outside of Bama or Georgia probably getting into uh, uh, invites to New York. Go ahead, intern. Um, well, I mean, we got to pay homage to a former Buckeye in Joe Burrow. Uh, probably won't win it, but he's probably a dark horse. Um, no. Joe probably Burrow. a dark horse. <laughs> Joe There's Burrow no. is not good. He's a very like, dark horse. <laughs> he, he had such an interesting year last year because he was just consistently not great in some of the big games, but somehow always found a way to like win when it counted. It, it was always kind of strange, but uh, Joe Burrow, that LSU offense is... I just don't think very good going into the season. Well, we just had to get him, give him a shout out, just because he he was former Buckeye. Um, another one I had was uh, Lamichael Pirine from Florida. Um, I think he's going to be pretty good. He had just under a thousand yards last year as a backup, uh, so I think he'll he'll probably build on that this year. So he's my other one. That's a decent one. Uh, yeah, he was he was pretty productive for the Gators last year. Um, and depending on how their season kind of plays out, I mean, he's going to be a big factor on their offense uh, moving forward under Dan Mullen. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I'm pretty high on the quarterbacks in this conference. Um, I don't think that none of them are super great, but I think there's some talent here. Uh, like, I really like Kellen Mond at Texas A&M. 
Um, I think he has the potential to have a breakout year this year, especially with Texas A&M coming into the season with some pretty high expectations. Um, I think an absolute sleeper um, would be Tommy Stevens, good old Tommy Stevens from Penn State. Uh, I'm curious what he's going to do because you saw what Trace McSorley did under um, which McCauley, Joe Moorhead at Penn State, and now Tommy Stevens is reunited with him. So I could see him having a pretty solid year. But the problem is I don't think they're going to score enough on these defenses. Um, and the other one I think could be interesting um, shout out to all our Tennessee fans here is Jared Guarantano. Um, he came in towards the end of last season. Um, I thought he played pretty well. I could see him making a little bit of a push, but Tennessee is going to have to do some real work and he's going to have to put up some big numbers against Georgia and Alabama to even insert his name into a conversation at a bar. You are definitely higher on the quarterbacks in this conference than I am. Um, Cause outside of two and from, I'm not huge on a lot of them. Um, Guarantano though. Yeah. I mean, he, he came in, he was, he was good for Tennessee. Um, and, and I'll, we'll touch on him a little bit more uh, when we get into the talking points for them. Uh, but he was impressive for him. Uh, I don't think they're going to be good enough that, I mean, outside of like a year where like, there's not really like if like Tua and Trevor Lawrence got injured like early on or something, you know, God forbid, um, maybe something like that where a dark horse could come out like that. But, um, yeah, he's going to have, he would have to have some, some really big games and some huge game winning drives and stuff like that. And those, uh, performances that even have a shot at it, but I, I'm just not huge. Like I'm not as big of a Kellen Mond fan as you are. Um, I think he's all right. Um, Tommy Stevens, all I remember from Penn State, and I could be wrong, I don't remember really liking him, and it's probably better for Penn State that he's gone now, if, if we're being honest. Um, Kelly Bryant, obviously, transferring over to Missouri. Uh, oh, that was the other one I meant to say, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's you know, good, and I think Missouri is a good spot for him. Um, I don't think he was a good enough quarterback for Clemson at the time. Uh, we saw his performance against Alabama in the college football playoffs a few years back. Um, but good for good good quarterback there for Missouri. Uh, but also working against him is the fact that like not having a bowl eligibility. I yeah, think, that kind of hurts. I mean, I know they're in the top twenty-five in a, uh, several uh, polls I've seen. Um. But I don't know if they'll stick in that top 25. And by season's end, I mean, not going bowling or anything like that. You're probably not going to be paying a whole lot of attention to uh, Missouri in general. Um, unfortunately, sorry to our Missouri, Missouri fans out there. I think there are a couple of them. There might be. Um, anyway, any other Heisman contenders? No, I'm not really huge on any of the running backs here this year. I mean, this actually change other than do have another one. Oh, okay, that Go is ahead. a running back. Surprise! No, yeah, no, another running back, Larry Roundtree. I forgot to mention him out of Missouri, because um, he had a 12,000 yard year last year. So I think I think the running backs are actually pretty good in this this conference. Yeah, I mean. There are, and that's why I kind of mentioned Swift and, and Najee Harris. I mean, an Alabama running back is usually always going to garner at least some recognition. Um, and with Damian, Damian Harris out of the backfield now for uh, moving on to the NFL, I think that opens up a, 
a good bit there for Najee to kind of overtake and be the next big, you know, bruising bowling ball Alabama running back, you know, typical Nick Saban ball down there. Uh, And DeAndre Swift, like I said, two years ago, we saw highlights of him and stuff. And now he's going to kind of shoulder more of the load. Um, He's an electric runner. Uh, I do love watching him. Uh, Very fast, very agile. Um, And the way Georgia kind of plays football on offense, I think he's going to be a huge part of that, especially catching catching the ball out of the backfield and stuff. Um, So as it kind of moves on, I think those are the only two running backs I really see. And again, with, with Roundtree, the issue again is Missouri, you know what's their season going to look like with not having bowl eligibility at the end of the season. Um, and if they're not in the top 25, nobody's even going to really think about them uh, moving forward. Um, but if that's all we got for Heisman contenders, we can go ahead and move on here to talking points. Yeah. Running backs, just have a, running backs just have a hard time overall. I mean, Travion Williams had 1,700 yards last year, and I'm pretty sure he didn't even get really any votes. So... But if I you're, love Travion. Well, he was one of my favorite true. running backs in the draft last year. I forget who I ended up taking him, but um, he was a guy I really wanted the Dolphins to kind of look at. Um, but obviously, if you're 11 and 1, 12 and 0, you're going to get looked at more than whatever A and M went last year, eight and five. Well, nine you got and four. that. You got that good old SEC bias that everyone likes to tout. Um, <laughs> So anyway, let's move on to talking points. Um, first off here, again, I'm not going to tackle all of them. I've said my P's and Q's about uh, Missouri and stuff. So not going to really touch on every team, but we'll kind of the, the major stories here going into the season. Uh, we'll kick, start, kick things off with Florida. Um, the question for them really is, can the Gators rise to the ranks of Bama and Georgia? We see them in the preseason polls ranked around ninth, eighth, somewhere in that range. Um, obviously, Georgia's contended for the playoffs, been to the title game two years ago, um, just missed it last year, played Alabama hard in the SEC title game. Bama, obviously, the premier power alongside Clemson right now in college football. Florida's a step below those programs. Um, do you guys think Dan Mullen and, and company can kind of get them up there this year, or do you think they're still you know, maybe a year or two away? Or if they'll ever actually achieve that, you know, on the cusp of or in the playoffs uh, in the SEC. So I'm not sold on Felipe Franks as a quarterback that can get a team to that level. Um, Same. Maybe they have a guy behind him. I don't know what the depth is. I know that they have some younger guys behind there. Um, A guy like Emory Jones, who I remember was like a borderline five-star quarterback because he flipped from Ohio State to Florida at the last minute. Um, Rough. I know, rough. Um, I hate to see it. Anyways, but if you look at the rest of their, like, last year for him, you know, he had plenty of games where, you know, he completed under 50% of his passes. Um, and when you're going to be playing teams like Florida or, or the State, I guess you could say, but Georgia, um, LSU. Um, I mean, you're lucky enough that you get the easier side of the SEC. Um with them, Tennessee having down years, Missouri's you know somewhat tough. South Carolina's you know middle middle ground, always pretty good, but but they have a brutal stretch where they go Auburn at LSU at South Carolina off, and then Georgia at the world's largest cocktail party. Like that is a Ooh. brutal stretch right there. Drawing LSU and Auburn out of the West that is not great. And you're at LSU, and you could 
in October, you can kind of almost guarantee that's going to be a night game in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. So that's a brutal, brutal game. Um, you know, looking at this schedule, like I really think the cap for them is ten and two. You know, Miami. That's not a like. That, there's no gimme with that. That's going to be a dogfight to start the season. Uh, you know, at Kentucky, Kentucky beat them last year. The Kentucky's, you know, they lost a couple guys, but they're still going to be tough. Tennessee is trying to up and come. Like I think they're ten and two. I think is Florida's max this year. I I I can agree with that. I think when I kind of look at Florida again, I, I'm the same with you on the Felipe Franks bandwagon. I, I just don't think he's. I think he's fine, but I don't think he's the quarterback that's going to get you to the playoff, college football playoffs. Um, and I certainly don't think he's going to beat you know Alabama in the SEC title game or anything like that. So I, I think they have a ways to go. Maybe if something happens and Emory Jones ends up taking over, maybe he ends up becoming you know a, a better, more fruitful quarterback for them. Um, that can do that. I mean, they've got a good defense. They have one of the best cornerback tandems. Uh, C.J. Henderson's, you know, widely regarded as probably the best cornerback prospect um, in the draft next year. Um, they've got good players on that side of the ball. I know they lost, you know, several guys off the uh, D-line going into the draft. But, yeah, on that offensive side, I'm just not sold on – on Felipe Franks, I mean, their running game is going to be fine with P. Ryan, but um, I don't think Felipe Franks is going to carry them into a playoff. What about you, intern Gibble? I I agree. I don't. I'm also not sold on Felipe Franks. Um, defensively, I think that will keep them in those bigger games, um, like the LSU game and the Auburn game. I think. It'll keep them in, well, and the Georgia game. I think it will keep them in those games, but I don't think offensively they have enough there to uh, to get them over the hump and to beat. Really, I, I can see if they they won one of the two games with LSU or Georgia, that'd be mind-boggling. But I, since they're neither are actual home games, I don't think they can win them, and I don't think they're going to be quite in that conversation for the playoff at this point. I could see them beating Georgia because that's a, they go to Jacksonville. Like it, they do that every year. It's not like it's a true away game. It's a neutral right. site game. Uh, but I think there are other games in here, like Missouri at the end of the year. Missouri's gonna have might have nothing to play for. They're at Missouri. Um, Missouri's gonna be re- up and ready for that game because Florida's probably gonna be ranked in the top fifteen at that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, Miami. We talked about that. It's gonna be a dog fight this weekend. Like there's a real chance that they could lose to Miami this weekend that there's a bunch of games in here. Their defense is going to keep them in every game. I just don't know how many points they're going to consistently score with Felipe Franks leading the offense. That's That's been a thing for them over the past few years. They've they've been in that battle for the, the SEC championship game, but every year their offense just lets them down and they can't put up any points. They beat Missouri State or Mississippi State 13-6 to last year. Wow. That's not a lot of points. In fact, not a lot of points. Can confirm. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you guys got on Florida here? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Yeah, I'm, we'll talk about that more at the end of the show. Um, moving on, we'll go on to Georgia. Um, the big question I have for you guys here. 
Um, let's assume they win the East. Uh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, Fair let's assumption. assume they face Alabama in the SEC title game. Fair assumption. Can they finally finish off Alabama? They, I mean, they've had the victories in their crest the last two years and have just blown the games. Um, they have shown that they are clearly just as good as Alabama. Uh, Kirby Smart's team just not better at closing out um, than Alabama. Um, but do you guys think, let's assume that they play again in the SEC title game and meet up again, do you think Georgia can finally break that hump, get over the hump? Will they end the game at halftime for once? <laughs> That'd just be nice. halftime, game over. Because they're pretty ben good yes. at that part. Uh, I mean they've got the talent too this year they have a lot of inexperience at the wide receiver position but I mean if they're playing in you know December at this point essentially um, experience is a non-issue at that point Um, they've got a tough schedule there that should allow I I don't see a reason why they wouldn't be able to beat Alabama this year I think Jake Fromm, you know, going into his essentially third year as the starter, I I think this is, if they're going to do it, it's going to be this year uh, because Fromm is most certainly leaving. And I don't know what their backup situation is like going forward. I don't think they have nearly as much talent uh, behind Jake Fromm for well, I mean, next year. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they've recorded very well, so I assume there's talent behind them, but obviously, you know, Fields transferred to Ohio State. Eason transferred a few years back to Washington, so you, lo- you lose two five-star quarterbacks that would be, you know, backing up from there um, in the past couple of seasons. Uh, but, I mean, it's the same It's the same with Alabama. Like, when, when two is gone, assuming after this year as well, I mean, obviously they have two as younger brother, but is he... Taluia, you know, or whatever his name is. Yeah, like, I don't know... Um, how they'll be at the quarterback position. I mean, Tua, in my opinion, is uh, as close as you're going to get to like a generational talent at the quarterback position. I love Tua, and I, I say this as somebody who despises Saban um, and, and just doesn't like Alabama, but I, I do think he's really good. I think the biggest problem I think Georgia would have um, is I think the talent both teams lost in the offseason, I think Georgia has a little bit more ways to go in terms of uh, getting better talent on the field um, and, and kind of patching up those holes, uh, especially tackling, again, going against, you know, Tua, Jerry Judy, uh, one of the best wide receivers. They lost DeAndre Baker in the uh, defensive backs um, to the draft. So uh, I don't know if they could beat him, but I mean, they've. Uh, there's been doubts against them the last two years too, and I mean they've they've had the lead, um, and they've just blown it. So, I mean I I don't want to say they can't, but I don't think it would be this year. I think you'd have to wait until at least the year afterwards. What about you, intern Gibble? Yeah, I mean when when you say when you talk about uh, Georgia versus Bama reloading their defenses and everything, I mean. Alabama just has a factory that pumps out new new players. So Georgia doesn't have that. So I think uh, that already I, gives Alabama. I the mean, edge. I disagree with that. I think Georgia has that too. I mean, they've been top, yeah. you know, two or three in recruiting the last several years. Um, they did it last year too. They they 
they lost players the year before and they kind of turned out. I mean, they're one of the top four or five programs in the country. Um, they are in that category, I think, where they can turn guys in and out and, like, just keep moving on. Um, it's just a matter of by the time they get to the Alabama game, like, how deep are they going to be at certain positions. But, I mean, Kirby Smart's been recruiting right alongside Nick Saban here. Um, and the SEC, I mean, it's it's a race. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not to say they don't have the talent. It's just I think I think Bama's backups slightly have the edge over those Georgia backups. I think the big difference, I think, when we look at it, is strictly down to the fact that Bama's been doing this for a decade, and true. Georgia's been doing it for a few years. Um, and I think that's kind of where that where we look at that. Because um, Georgia wasn't in this position with Mark, you know, Mark Rick's last few years there. There was still talent on the team, but they weren't the caliber of what Kirby Smart's bringing in with these top, you know, three, four ranked recruiting classes um, each year. Yeah, that's true. They did just have uh, like two top three recruiting classes back to back, so that does help them a lot. Bagman helps out. Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up was, remember, Nick Saban actually had this quote, and I'm going to read it off. You just think, whatever happens, we just shit out another player, all right? And everything's going to be perfect. All our fans think that. Well, we well think it's it, true. We, I mean, yeah, it's true. They, they do. They're just, you know, you lose five defensive linemen in the NFL, and you lose five more the next year, and five more continue to go and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's what they do. And a large... A big part of that is the fact that they, you know, destroy teams early and get the backups in games. So, like, all these backups are, are they have game experience when they, they end up coming in to play games now. So, I mean, that's a big reason why Alabama is able to just keep churning out players like crazy. Um, I mean, Saban's just got it going there. Um, anything else you guys got on Georgia? No, no. I, I mean, they'll probably be very good again. I can't imagine that they're going to be the team that goes from the top 10 out of the top 25. Also, let's let's say they lose to Alabama again. Um, let's say that's, you know, do you guys think Georgia makes the playoffs this year? If losing to Alabama is their only loss so they're and it's in the conference game, then I think they're, I think they are in with that. As their resume. That's fair. I think largely, for me, it depends on what the other teams in uh, Power 5 conferences look like. But 12-1 and with a loss to Alabama, especially if um, going against, you know, I think they have Notre Dame uh, this season again, um, as well as, you know, Florida, obviously, in their rivalry game and whoever else they end up having. I think they have Auburn as well this season. They do at Auburn. Um, I mean, that's a good schedule. Um, Not really anything I can really break down on that but yeah I mean I think they definitely have a real shot of getting in this year I know that everyone was up in arms that they didn't make it last year but look if you're going to get angry about missing the playoffs you got to turn around and beat Texas I mean it's you got to do it um, and I think a lot of people forget that they lost to Texas in the Sugar Bowl last year because um, Texas is back sort of maybe we'll see are they <laughs> you have to be determined <laughs> Um, let's move on to Kentucky. Won't spend a lot of time on them. They obviously had a huge season last year. They were really good the last few years under Mark Stoops. But 
Do you guys think they're going to take a step back? They obviously lose Benny Snell, who was the... Snell, yeah. Big, please stop. Ironically, that's the third time I've heard that today, and I do not want, know why people keep saying it to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they lose Benny Snell, who was you know the heart and soul of that offense. They lose Josh Allen, who was one of the best pass rushers in college football last year. Um, and they lose Lonnie Johnson, I believe, in the secondary, who is another key member of that uh, defense. A lot of talent on on this generational Kentucky team. Um, do you guys think they take a step back this year with all that loss? Um, Terry Wilson's back at quarterback. He had some plays last year that were electric, uh, but didn't quite piece it all together. We'll see how he does this year. Um, and if they, you do think they take a step back, how much do you guys think they end up taking a step back? Uh, well, I don't think they win. What they win like ten games last year? I think is the exact. Yeah, ten yeah. and three. I mean, I don't think they win ten games. I think a bowl game is still in the works. I think you could see them max out seven or eight games uh, this year, but I I don't see them replicating what they did last year. Um, I know they beat Florida, and we kind of mentioned this already. And you know, maybe they worked their magic again, but. I don't think we're seeing seven or eight no Kentucky going into the middle or to the end of October like we did last year. Um, they kind of just came out of nowhere uh, where they just shot up the rankings and all of a sudden ended up at number 11 at one point. I don't think that's the same Kentucky. You don't have a Josh Allen on that defense, and that's a huge difference maker. Yeah, they lost seven guys on that defense. I, I think that alone, I don't think they have a lot of uh, – talent that like that was waiting in the wings there um their schedule does lend to a winning season for them but i mean they have a stretch of uh florida at home at mississippi state and at south carolina so that'll be tough um that's weeks three through like seven three through six the crossover um, games aren't bad though they have mississippi state and um who was the other one mississippi state and why did I lose I Georgia? No, they no, Georgia's on the same East. side. Arkansas. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like their schedule lends to to them being able to be a winning team. Um, but I think I, I just don't think they're gonna be anywhere close to that ten win team of last year. They should go four and zero in non conference because they have Toledo, Eastern Michigan, UT Martin, and Louisville. And Louisville is gonna be atrociously bad. Yeah. And, Two of them are MAC teams, and the other one's an FCS team. So they should go four and zero, meaning they only got to find two wins in there to go to bowl eligible. And I think there are two more wins in there. Yeah. Uh, I want to take a quick break in the SEC action, real fast, to to give you guys some breaking news for all the degenerate gamblers like myself out there. Um, some breaking news. Uh, Hawaii football games are going to stream live on Facebook this year. Um, so if you're up at 12 o'clock at night, uh, down a couple, you know, a couple dollars, you know, you want to make it back. You want to break even on your Saturday swing. You can go on Facebook to stadium and watch some Hawaii football games. (laughs) I don't know if that counts the first week of the season, um, against Arizona, but I know that game is, um, on CBS sports tonight, I believe. Ooh, uh, I mean, that's pretty much Facebook on my television, so. Pretty much. Um, 
All right, so Tennessee, um, we talked about Guarantano a little bit earlier. Uh, will the Vols return to a bowl game this year? Uh, they went 5-7 and seven last year, just barely missed out. Uh, do you think Jeremy Pruitt and the guys get it done, get back to a bowl game? Is Tennessee – well, Tennessee's not back. Let's not get that far. But um, a long stretch of messy, messy Tennessee football. Uh, what do you guys think? So in my – today, this is a thing, part of the episode – Tennessee is selling alcohol, but it's not for their first game. It's their second game when they play BYU. So for the Mormon <laughs> team, they're going to start selling alcohol. So that, I mean, if Tennessee thing. is, I mean, they're going to have some really good sales <laughs> if Tennessee is losing at any point in that game. Um, I'll tell you that much. Probably that's probably a good game to start selling. If we're being honest. So somebody responded with a joke on our Twitter feed with. Uh, why do you only? Why do you bring two Mormons when you go fishing? Because if you bring one, he'll drink all your beer. Do you get a gibble? No. Oh well, Mormons aren't supposed to drink beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was more funnier waiting to hear Gibble's reaction, though. To be honest with you. Um, yeah, that wasn't a great joke. Um, shame on that guy. <laughs> for I not coming, at it. not coming with his comedic chops. Um, well, I guess that's all that matters. You're the one that runs the Twitter account, so whatever. Um, <laughs> keep following us. Yeah, keep following us. Uh, maybe one day these guys will get around to answering my Tennessee question I p- proposed. <laughs> um, anyway, um. <laughs> guys, are they going to make a bowl game this year or what? <laughs> it's sure. a toss-up, honestly. Like. <laughs> It's really a toss-up because I'm, I really don't think they're gonna be that good. I think they can make a bowl game, but it's gonna be like six and six, seven and five. They need to beat BYU, and then they have to like UAB is like they should beat UAB, but UAB has been good since they came back from you know not being a team uh, where. I could see that being an upset game if, you know, Tennessee has some injuries, they're not playing well. I'd, if you would, uh, if I had to bet on it right now, I'd say yes, Tennessee makes a bowl game. It's hard for me to see Tennessee. Like, I don't know. I I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to do, I don't know how he's going to do in the long term there. I don't know if he'll, you know, craft them into some playoff team, but I think they'll make six wins this season um i think finally kind of getting things on the right track recruiting wise and stuff um they it it appears they have a a capable quarterback now which has been a long-standing issue really um minus josh dobbs josh dobbs king never forget about him josh Uh, dobbs (laughs) um but yeah i mean it's hard for me to see them not not adding up getting six victories this season. Um, I think they'll be a little bit better, maybe up to seven, but I'm not really willing to go farther than that. What about you, intern Gib? I, I agree. I think they'll make a bowl game, but it's going to be by the skin of their teeth. I don't think they're really going to give too many teams in the SEC fits. Um, I don't really know that they're going to pull any kind of upset like they did against Auburn last year, but I think they'll make a bowl game. All right, fair. Let's move on to Alabama now. Um, the hot question everyone's asking. Uh, this is your chance to give out hot takes. 
what's the percentage you guys are giving Alabama to not make the playoffs this year? To not make it? Correct. Oof. Negative five. <laughs> okay, well, that's not how percentages work, um, Mr. Jacob. Negative five percent. That's the no. That's you zero to a hundred. I'll give you zero. You're going with zero. Gibble, give me yours. A point six. All right, I'll go one percent. <laughs> um, never say never say never. Uh, especially college football, you never know. I mean, Alabama. You know, it's two kick sixes away from not make. The, I mean, they'd have to lose two games at least. Like that's the hard part to it. I mean, one loss shy of it coming against Tennessee Chattanooga or some shit like Duke is they probably still make the playoff week week one they're losing to Duke yeah if they lose week one and then roll off winning 60 to nothing against everybody else I mean they're still gonna make it like whatever um they could lose to Duke by 60 and they'll still make it yeah I mean it it like that's one of those things that like it's hard because Bama is is etched in there and I think Clemson's the same way now uh, where you'd have to lose probably two games unless, like, Notre Dame runs the table and, like, you have uh, a couple other top teams there with one or no losses. Um, it would be hard to see. But I won't ever say never to it because you never know. Uh, but the odds are not in anybody's favor that hates Alabama, that's for sure. Uh, we'll move on to their rival, Auburn. Uh, a lot War of talk Eagle. about the potential for... A hot seat for Gus Malzahn. I don't really see it. Um, they announced their starting quarterback today. Bo Nix. I saw that. The five-star Bo Nix. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. I've heard a lot of good things about him, but I have not seen any tape on him, so I'm not entirely sure how he is. I believe he's, I believe he's a true freshman, right? I think so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He is. I think they got him in on this, this recruiting class. Um, he's their number two recruit. Again, I'm not buying the hot seat for Malzahn. I think... Him finally deciding to return to calling plays is going to benefit Auburn greatly. Uh, we saw them absolutely embarrass Purdue in the bowl game when he returned to, to kind of calling plays. Um, and they need it because their offense has not been very good in, in recent memory. Uh, we'll see what happens with a true freshman running the SEC gauntlet this year. My real big question for Auburn, outside of whether you guys think Malzahn's on the, actually on a hot seat, uh, but can they ruin Bama's assumed perfect season uh, in the Iron Bowl? The game is at Auburn this year. Um, do you think there's like another kick six, <laughs> kick six, and in, in Auburn's toll chest? They tend to have a chance when they're at home, like when they play at Brian Denny. Like they rarely ever win at least in the last decade 15 years or whatnot Um, but when they're at home that's when they've had the magic like two years ago I think they won and then they end up losing to Georgia in the championship game Um, what was that was it kick six four years ago at this point I think it was five uh, years ago four or five five, years ago five I think maybe I I remember we were watching in my basement was it like 2013 Sounds about right. 2013, 2015. Either way, I just remember we were all Intern watching Gable, it in my get, on, get in on the year on that. Please. Got it. But I think they were at home again for that one. So they tend to have it do well when they're at home. So I think there's a chance, you know, with it being the last game of the year and you having a true freshman, you know, who have already played in some big games, 
because he has to go on the road to LSU, has to go on the road to Florida. You know, you have Oregon the first game of the year, to A&M. They've got a pretty brutal schedule. You have Georgia at home. They, it is not a forgiving schedule. If Bo Nix can rattle off a couple upsets in here, sure, I give him a chance. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Anything happens. Maybe they'll play three quarterbacks and surprise Alabama for once. 2013 was the kick six. Gotcha. Yeah, because that was a miraculous season where everything kind of fell right for him. Um, mm-hmm. That I think there was. I, I think that was the same year they had the miraculous catch against Georgia to win the game. Oh, it like um, bounced off like three dudes' hands, and all of a sudden the dude bounced was, right off the safety, and the wide receiver was just right there, caught it, and ran it right in. Um, and then I think they lost to Florida State in the last BCS title game. Um, they did. All right. So, Hintern Gable, what's your thoughts on Auburn? Uh, I mean, I'm because Bo Nix is unproven, that's where I kind of hesitate on saying how high they can go. Um, I mean, I think he's going to do well, but I, they, with an entirely new quarterback, it is tough in the SEC. Um, like I said before when we were talking about Oregon, I think that first game of Auburn, Oregon, I think that's going to tell a lot for the season. Um, I think that'll set the tone for both teams, really, um, depending like how it goes. Like if it's a close game, both teams could have really solid seasons, but if, if somebody gets blown out, then it'll be a real struggle for them. Um, but I think that them being at LSU and at Florida this year and at a and I think that is going to be just tough overall for them to, to deal with, and I don't I don't see them really putting up a fight for the SEC championship, but I think they'll absolutely make a bowl game, and I think they're going to do... I'd say they might do better than last year. They might win an extra game, maybe two. Um, but not much more than that out of them. All right. So uh, I want I just want to touch on one point before we leave. Go for uh, it. I don't think Gus Malzahn's on the hot seat because his buyout is ridiculous. So this is an article from last year where if they were to buy him out, they were going to owe him $32 million, half of which is due within 30 days. If they even try to buy him out by 2021, it's still $16 million, meaning they still owe him $8 million within 30 days. I think because his buyout is so ridiculous that they just can't, they have to just kind of suffer with Gus Malzahn for at least a couple more years or hope, he leaves, but other I mean, than that, the other question really for them is like, even if you get rid of Malzahn, like, say him taking over the reins of calling plays again does doesn't work out in the long run. Like, who are you gonna like? Who are you enticing to come? That's that's much better than him. That that you think is gonna uptick you? Because I think he's a really good coach. Um, I think he just limited himself in recent years. Like he did the opposite of Mark Richt at Miami. Like Mark Richt was an awful play caller, but he wanted to call plays. While Malzahn's a great play caller who didn't and let other people do it. Um, so I mean, that's the other question is like you have to be assured that you know if if you decide to buy out this coach that you're gonna find somebody that's better. Like I don't think he's on the Clay Helton level of. You know, we got to get rid of this guy. Like, we're not going anywhere. We're uh, an embarrassment to our, the history of our team. But um, so that's my big issue with it, and that's primarily why I don't think he's on the hot seat. Is you know, I just don't know what Auburn sees outside of him. Um, yeah. Um, 
if that's all you guys got for Auburn, we'll move on to LSU. Uh, the only real thing I have here, um, I just can't wait for some good Coach O content this season. I'm How much gumbo it. do you think he eats in a week? Uh, a lot, too much, too all damn much. Um, and I don't blame him. Love Coach O. Can't wait to see more of him this season. Um, LSU. I don't think their offense is that good. Their defense is going to be really good again under Dave Aranda. He's been doing a great job. They uh, probably have the best defensive back unit in the country uh, with Grant Delpit and Christian Fulton back there as well. Um, I mean, Corey Raymond's done maybe the best um, position coach in the country in terms of, like, he's been the DB coach at LSU for since, I think, 2012. Uh, I mean, he's just done a phenomenal job, and Dave Aranda there, they're paying him very good money to stay on as uh, defensive coordinator. Um, so LSU, they're going to return, probably have another really good defense, um, but that's all I really have for them. Um, do you guys have any points on LSU you guys want to talk about, or can I move on to Texas A&M? Just my bold prediction is I think they beat Bama this year. Oh. That's my bold prediction. I, I think was going to go say in. the same thing. Okay, well, I put it on Twitter earlier, so... <laughs> That's... I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, I disagree. If it was at LSU, maybe, but, like, I don't see LSU walking into to Bryant-Denny Stadium and winning there. Um, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. You know, if, like, Tua goes down or something, you know, uh, maybe. Uh, Joe Burrow goes on his Heisman campaign. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, if I, Joe Burrow wins the Heisman, like, intern Gibble was over here promising. Listen, they brought in Joe Brady from the Saints, who's going to be their passing game coordinator, which I think is going to give them an additional threat on offense. They're not just going to be a running team like they've been for well, how long. They're so, going to need it. So, yeah, I think, I think that is going to give them a new edge this year, and I think that's what's going to help them. They might not win. They they probably won't win the SEC, but I think they have a that gives them a better shot at beating Bama rather than just relying on running up against a stone wall defense. I also think they beat Texas. So, but Texas is back. I mean, that's I could see them beating Texas. Um, I don't think that's super out. I think they're LSU and Texas are about even in terms of where I see them in the the country, and I think I have them relatively ranked close to one another um, on my preseason board. Um, but, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll move on here. Um, Texas A&M, hardest schedule in the country, uh, and I don't think you can anybody can really sit and argue that. This is who Texas A&M has to play this season. Um, not counting Texas State, who they play in week one. They have to travel on the road to Clemson this year. They have Auburn at home. Uh, they have Alabama at home, luckily. Um, that one's going to be interesting. They played Bama decent in the first half of the game last year before getting kind of blown out in the second. Um, this team also then ends the season on the road against Georgia, followed by on the road against LSU. I mean, <laughs> this is a bloodbath schedule. I mean, it's, it's not looking good. To draw... Georgia from the east on your schedule this year on top of already scheduling Texas A&M outside of that. Do you guys think anybody else has a harder schedule than these guys? Because that, that's no. four no. or five top ten teams right there. It's not possible. Uh, and they play three of them on the road. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 
it's going to be a tough season for NAM, I think. Four um, games they're not even going to be favored in just at the very beginning. Like, and that doesn't include anybody that might upset them. I mean, there's a chance they might upset one of these teams. I don't really see them going to Clemson and beating Clemson, but yeah, things I don't have happened. see them beating Clemson. I think maybe they've probably stand the best shot of upsetting Alabama um, of any team on Bama's schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean that and that end of the season, like if they're playing for something important, then in half they go back to back weeks. There's not even a buy in there uh, between Georgia and LSU, and playing both of those teams on the road. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's not looking easy, and it's going to show a lot about the Texas A&M program and where they are right now in, what, year two of Jimbo Fisher uh, down there. I mean, he's recruiting well, but, I mean, uh, we'll see where they are because I don't think they're quite there yet. Yeah, you can only do so much year two in the SEC on yeah. that side of it, no less. And, I mean, it's not like... like they weren't left barren when Sublin left. Like a lot of these schools we've talked about have been. There, there's been talent there. Someone never really quite put it all together um, outside of the Manziel years. Um, but we'll kind of see what ends up happening with them. But I mean, that schedule, whew, that's going to be a team to watch for sure. I agree. All right. Anything else on uh, any other SEC teams you guys want to talk about that I didn't mention? I know, like I said, I don't have a whole lot on Arkansas. Like they're probably not going to be very good. Uh, Vanderbilt, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be a thrill ride to watch, but outside of him, I don't really see a whole lot. South Carolina is going to South Carolina. I mean, Will Muschamp is the, the king of above average coaching. Uh, Missouri doesn't play for a bowl game this year, but Kelly Bryant is in there at quarterback. We'll see how he does. Uh, Ole Miss, I think they finally will probably fire their head coach after this season. I don't yeah, I was going to say, he's on the hot seat. One. Uh, I don't think he's very good. Mississippi State, um, year two of Joe Moorhead. Uh, we saw after he left Penn State, their offense somewhat faltered last year. That also partially because of McSorley being injured most of the season. Uh, it gets Tommy Stevens down there, and I'm not a huge Tommy Stevens fan, so I don't know how that'll work out. Uh, but they also have uh, Kivante, Kivon Thompson. I I know I'm getting that name wrong. Um, who I think Looks is like Kayante uh, Thompson. But I'm gonna bitch, probably butcher it too. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, um, who I think is gonna end up? He was good last year when he was in for Nick Fitzgerald, um, and I think he's gonna see most of the plays on quarterback at the quarterback position this year for Mississippi State. Uh, and that'll be an upgrade because Fitzgerald just was not good under Moorhead's, uh, you know, vision last year in that offense. Uh, very rough uh, completion percentage and all that. Um, so I think having a better actual quarterback is going to play a lot better for Mississippi State. I just don't know if they can get higher than, like, fifth in the West um, with Bama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M in there as well. Uh, and, yeah, Arkansas is probably going to have the worst record in the league again if I had to guess Ben Hicks comes over he's I mean when you're getting a transfer quarterback from SMU how much better can you possibly get um so anyway what do you guys think uh SEC title game go ahead go out on a limb for me what do you guys think it will shock me um I mean I I guess I'll just be a dumb bold idiot and say uh it's going to be Georgia and LSU 
even though I just okay. said like two minutes ago. Because they got ago, that passing game coordinator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I just said two minutes ago that LSU wasn't going to win the, uh, the uh, SEC. So but you changed your I, mind already. No, no. They're still going to lose. It's just going to oh. be to Georgia. Uh, they're, so that, yeah, they're just going to win the West. I mean, yeah, they'll win the West, but they just won't win the whole thing. But that's just me being an idiot and being bold just, just for you guys. Well, yeah, Alabama, Georgia. It. Alabama, yeah. Georgia. Alabama wins again. Yep, that's what I'm going to. As long as two is there, it's hard for me to bet against uh, bet against the, uh, the Crimson Tide. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, some key games I have here, a few more than I normally do. There's a lot of really good, both out-of-conference and regular in-conference games. Uh, but LSU at Texas, September 7th. Um, as well as Texas A&M Clemson that same night. Um, Notre Dame at Georgia September 21st will be an interesting one to watch. Uh, especially it being like the team that, you know, people said shouldn't be in the playoffs and the team that the team that shouldn't be in the playoffs but made the playoffs or there's a team that people thought shouldn't be in the playoffs but missed the playoffs. I hope Georgia year. rolls them. Uh, Bama at Texas A&M October 12th. Like I said, I think that's uh, the best chance anybody in the regular season is going to have of upsetting Bama. Um, Texas A&M just historically having in the last recent years, like down back to the Manziel era, uh, somewhat giving Bama fits when they play at Kyle Field. Um, Georgia versus Florida, the world's biggest outdoor cocktail party, November 2nd, uh, which will... I would assume probably play pretty heavy into the East standings this year and who ends up uh, going to the SEC title game. LSU at Alabama, as you mentioned, you think that your bold prediction is that LSU is going to win that game. That takes place November 9th. And finally, the Iron Bowl, Alabama at Auburn, November 30th. Uh, Obviously, always one of the bigger rivalry games every year. Um, Any other key games you guys have? I'll keep going back to that Auburn-Oregon game. I still think that's going to be a very big game. Um, you can't let the uh, Tennessee-Bama rivalry go either. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee hasn't even competed in that rivalry since Lane Kiffin was there. And they didn't but even it's win. still they a rivalry. They close one time. <laughs> that was... Didn't Tim Tebow give the speech to t- uh, Tennessee last year and then they still got, like, rocked? Yes. Probably. I remember, like, I saw them tweet that out a few days ago, ESPN. And I was like, oh, man. Wh-? I was like, who is this for? And I was like, Tennessee. What? The- what? <laughs> why-, why are you wasting your time, Tim? Like, go <laughs> learn how to hit a curveball. <laughs> On game day last year, I remember they asked Desmond Howard who was going to win, and he just laughed. <laughs> because he actually Wait, asked, you mean why are we picking this you game? You mean he didn't pick Michigan to win the game? <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly no <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see his playoff predictions this year they are always the wonkiest there was one year that was like Michigan Stanford Miami like <laughs> just like I don't know where he's getting this from well, you know he's picking Michigan to make the playoff and win it all again last year he picked them to finish number one to win the national championship I mean I, I can't fault him I mean I can't fault him one um, of these years he'll be maybe right he, he at, least, he, at least at least he loves his alma mater, unlike Kirk Herbstreit, who hates his and hates every other team in college football, <laughs> according yeah, to the fan bases. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate my team? Why are you biased? Why do you hate your own school? 
Are you like Ohio? I love the people like going into his, his Twitter mentions, and it's just like, oh, you're not, you don't love Ohio State. You didn't pick him to go 45 and 0 over the next four seasons. And then the next comment down is, why do you hate Ohio State so much? Like, why do you hate the school you went to? Like, you should love Ohio State. And it's like, man, like, y'all are dumb. Like, I, the people in Herb Street's mentions about this are like, they collectively have the IQ of Paul Feinbaum, like <laughs> or Mark May, like better Mark May, definitely. Like God, I hate I Mark mean, May. It's it is like I don't hate Feinbaum, but like there's he knows where his bread's buttered. I get that, like whatever. Um, but yeah, Mark, part, Mark, point, May Mark May just, just like Mark May didn't even try to hide his bias anymore. Has he was just like openly been, like, like hate Ohio State. Honest question. I know some people love him, but. I was always, like, I love game day, always loved game day, but, like, during the college football day, like, I just, I could never stand the combination of Lou Holtz and Mark May. Like, <laughs> I've never just wanted to, like, blow my brains out more watching TV. Like, it was the worst part of the college football, college football day. Like, waiting for that, like, 7.30 game to start, and, like, here they are. You can't understand what the hell Lou Holtz is talking about. Something about take your players to church or something. Notre and Dame. Mark May is telling you how uh, Ohio State's going to lose to Youngstown this week or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just dumb. Like, um, speaking of Lou Holtz, let's get into the independence, guys. Are getting a little off track? Notre Dame, uh, what do you guys set the odds that they make the playoffs again this year? I'd say... I'd say they have like a 15% chance to make the playoffs. Not bad. What about you, Intern Gib? Uh, I'd, it depends on how they do in their schedule. I, I'd say lower. I'd say like maybe 10 to 5, somewhere in that range. Let's go with 8 to just go like in the middle. Um, but because of their schedule being at Georgia. 7.5 would technically be in the middle there. Well, you know what? We rounded up. You obviously um, didn't go to Harvard. I did not. I'm an intern right now. How do you think I got into Harvard and ended up an intern on a podcast? <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> anyway, with them going to Georgia and uh, going to Michigan and going to Stanford, I think they're losing at least one of those games, and I don't think they have another perfect season. So I don't see it being likely that they get into the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I've talked about Michigan quite a bit, and, and um, I know this is going to depress my friend Tomas, who's a Notre Dame grad, but um, I'm going to give him 5%. I don't, I've talked about Michigan a lot. I don't think they're going to go on the road to beat Michigan, and Notre Dame being an independent hurts them in this playoff system just because they have to run that table or else they need – you know, Oklahoma to lose two games, Ohio State to lose two games, like whoever, you know, I think that kind of hurts them a little bit in that aspect. Um, especially when you're playing like six ACC teams every year or whatever they have to, um, based on what they're doing, and neither of them are Clemson or Miami or, you know, something like that. So I just, I said it at 5%. Again, I'm not super sold on Ian Book. Um, they lost a lot of talent on defense. Julian Love, Drew Tranquil, um, and uh, another guy I'm completely forgetting the name of. Um, 
Jerry Tillery? Yes, Tillery, the defensive lineman. Oh, yeah, uh, he was really good. Yeah, I mean, those those dudes, I mean, Julian Love, I, I, he was one of the best corners, and we saw when he got injured in that Clemson game, Clemson just opened up the floodgates on him, uh, passing all over him. Um, so I think it's going to be somewhat hard to rebound from that for them. Um, and I just don't see him running the table again this year. Um, crazier things have happened. I do think Brian Kelly is a good, good coach. Um, how much longer he stays there before Urban Meyer takes over? Who knows? Stop um, it. Urban Meyer's going to USC. That's what the internet says. True. If if Urban Meyer goes anywhere, I think it's Notre Dame. Um, I think that's. Um, he did say that was his other dream school. Yeah, I mean, he like he talked about that. I think even before he went to Ohio State, that like Notre Dame was kind of like the dream. Like, um, obviously, like he had a good run at Ohio State. That obviously being the other dream school. Uh, we know how this works with Urban Meyer. It takes a year off. He does his Fox show with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner. What a wild lineup that is. Um, and then whenever Brian Kelly's getting ready to get fired or finally move on to the NFL, like has been speculated for the last decade um we'll see but yeah i mean notre dame i said it at five percent i can see him making it uh as and i think the resume is there if they can run that table again but uh i'm not super sold that they're going to end up doing that um and then being an independent losing one game i think uh sets them back uh not playing that you know conference title game against a strong opponent or anything like that um We'll move on from Notre Dame a little bit here. Uh, I have two more talking points for the independents. Uh, I brought this up on Twitter a few days ago, but Army has a real outside shot at going undefeated this season and getting a New Year's New Year's Six Bowl. They have the obvious Army-Navy game. They play Air Force again. Uh, it's not a super tough schedule, though, outside of going on the road against Michigan, which, uh, as I mentioned, Air Force gave... Um, Air Force gave Michigan fits last year for three quarters before Michigan kind of finally, you know, broke through and put a whooping on them there in that fourth quarter. Um, and Army, don't forget, they gave Oklahoma a run for their money last year. Uh, if Army can go into that game and can hold the football for, you know, 40 minutes of time plus, I think they have an outside shot of beating Michigan. And if they do that, there's a shot that they could run the table because that schedule has a lot of cupcakes on it. And, and, when you kind of look at it, um, I would give Army a three percent shot at going undefeated this season, which feels high. Um, but I mean, it's a good team. Uh, they were pretty good last season. They've obviously gotten over this snide of losing the Navy as they've beat them, I think, three years in a row now. Yep. Um, so I think they have them, they're, they're trending in the right direction for sure. Um, I'll be interested to kind of keep an eye on them throughout the season. If they beat Michigan, their chances of going undefeated go from like 3% to like 60% because the rest of the schedule is garbage. It's also like the one tricky thing I'll say about Army though, when you run the triple option, I think you have an interestingly like uptick of like, maybe a percentage or two to beat a bigger school like that because you control the ball so often. But I also think playing those smaller schools and stuff like that, I think you also run like an uptick of losing those games too. Um, just because, you know, a fumble here or there, like a missed, you know, a missed pitch or something like that, you know, could, could end up costing the team. Um, 
So it's going to be tricky, but I'll set them at a nice high 3%. Yeah, because they went to double OT with Miami of Ohio last year. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, they almost nearly lost, and then they almost nearly beat Oklahoma because they went to overtime with them. Uh, the one thing is they do replace their, I guess you could say, their leading running back. Um, their second leading rusher, Darnell Woolfork. So now Army has like 50 guys that run the ball. So somebody else is going to have to step up and take a load of those carries. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to a team, like when it comes to these triple option schools, I'm not really necessarily worried about the running backs because, you know, there's going to be three or four guys that all get, you know, anywhere from five, five to ten, you know, technical carries throughout the game. I'm more worried about the quarterback, and they have Kelvin Hopkins Jr. coming back, um, and he was very impressive in that role um, operating the whole triple option last year. So him coming back, I think, is the big reason why I'm um, a bit more in on them um, potentially running the table. Um, and even if they don't, you know, even – Getting close to a New Year's Six Bowl, I mean, they're going to be in contention for it this year for sure. I mean, how cool would that be too? Like, I mean, <laughs> I would, army in an army in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, I'm for I, it. I, I, I want to see it. I think that would be awesome. Uh, what about you, intern? Yeah, I mean, I I think if they can somehow beat Michigan, then I I can see them definitely running the table. Um, I'd see it. I'd I'd put it like a. Hmm, say five percent chance but they got to beat michigan first um the other note i hear have here really not really anything i really want to get in on but um don't forget that liberty hired sanctions hall of famer hugh freeze um <laughs> over the offseason i completely forgot about this until i looked like just glanced at some of these teams what a crazy hire that is uh good for liberty though i mean hugh freeze obviously if if they let him have the bag, I mean, he'll recruit some guys to come to Liberty for sure. Um, get him a good left tackle or something, you know. Uh, bag man always delivers. Always does. Um, Sun Belt time. All Sun I belt. really have to say here, Happy State's probably going to win, <laughs> if I had to guess. Uh, they do lose Scott Satterfield to Louisville. Um, they replace him with Eli Drinkwitz. Um Troy, though, also the other big Sun Belt power loses head coach Neil Brown to uh, West Virginia. So the top two teams in the Sun Belt losing their head coaches uh, will be interesting, but I think Appy State has the, for certain, the most talent out of any team in the Sun Belt. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say they probably win. What about you guys? Big Troy guy. Real big Troy fan. Um, yeah, being frank, I mean this conference i mean maybe it's our regional location but we don't get a lot of coverage on the Sun Belt, and nor are they on tv a lot um you see them play but you have some teams that can do some damage uh troy beat lsu obviously what was that two years ago or last year i forget which year that was uh but in general you know it's not nearly as uh a competitive conference as some of the other group of five conferences yeah, I think I think uh, Appalachian State is my uh, my pick as well. Not not really getting any wilder out here. Although the Raging Cajuns do have a great name, and I'm going to pick them to play in the conference championship with Appalachian State. All right, um, let's go ahead and get in our top twenty-five here, uh, as expected. 
Um, this will be fun. I think the way we'll kind of do this here, uh, I'll start 25 through 21, uh, you know, 20 through 16, so on and so forth until we get to the top five uh, or top 10 or whatever. Um, I'll pass it over to Jake to do his 25 through 21 intern and then back over. Um, feel free to talk about why you put anybody there if you want. I'm probably not going to get too much into mine. Um, I'm sure somebody on the internet will be upset that I didn't include, you know, the University of Tallahassee. Why is my uh, team not in your top 25? Yeah, like, uh, why aren't the Ohio Bobcats in there? Well, they're dumb, so that's why. <laughs> uh, I hope we have players from OU listening so they could be like, we're not dumb. <laughs> so... Um, 25, 25, I have Army. 24, I have Washington State. Shout out Mike Leach, the most interesting man on the planet. Uh, 23, I have Syracuse. Shout out to Syracuse Orange. Uh, actually, now that I'm looking at this, this is just a 25 through 21 is just a list of favorite teams I have for this season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is unintentional, but as I look at it, Syracuse, shout out to Syracuse Orange, one of the best mascots in college football. 22, Iowa State. If you're following me on Twitter, I've been a very, I've been preaching very heavily on Iowa State. Yes, he Brock has. Purdy, Purdy like a rock star. I'm ready for it. Um, <laughs> and 21, I have Miami. Shout out my Hurricanes. This feels like a right spot for them. Uh, not being unranked, which I'm actually very much in favor of them being unranked in the uh, preseason poll. I think it gives them quite a bit of ammo. Uh, Jake, what's your 25 through 21? You're right. That is literally your five favorite teams going into the season. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's 25 is Washington State, 24 Nebraska, 23 Army, 22 Iowa State, and 21 Miami. So we have a lot of similarities right in that same range. My our, uh, 25 is Miami, 24 Virginia, uh, 23 Syracuse, 22 Northwestern, 21 UCF. All right. Uh, 20 I have Iowa, 19 I have Wisconsin, uh, 18 I have Michigan State, Um I'm going to break up the Big Ten here with 17 at UCF. And then 16, I have Penn State. Uh, so four four Big Ten teams I have in there. Um, Are you copying mine? <laughs> is that what you have exactly? Not quite, but pretty close. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're going to be pretty similar. Um, I mean, I don't think the preseason polls that I saw were too far off. Like I said, I'd probably still have Miami in the top 25. This is a team that... I don't know. I've had one of the best defenses in college football the last several years. Like, but no, Northwestern's definitely better than them. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are outside of that. I mean, it, there's a lot of similar similarities. I mean, Wisconsin, Michigan State—they're both going to probably have good defenses this year. Wisconsin has one of the best running backs in college football. Um, Iowa, good offensive line play. They're going to have to, you know, find some new top tight ends, I guess. Uh, Nate Stanley's back at quarterback. I think that's good for him. A.J. Espinenza uh, off the edge on the defensive side of the ball. UCF, I think, you know, can't really negate what they did last year. I think they still have a very talented team, especially for a group of five school. Uh, Michigan State, their offense, I don't know how good it's going to be. Defensively, though, really good. And Penn State, I think, same exact thing as Michigan State. I don't know about their offense, but I think their defense is very stout. Um, Go ahead. So I had 20 UCF, 19 Wisconsin, 18 Michigan State, 17 Utah, and 16 Penn State. So all of our Big Ten teams matched. 
bit low on Utah for me, but outside of that, I definitely... I mean, that's the right spot, I think, for those Big Ten teams, too. I mean, I don't think... Uh, not having superb offenses, I couldn't put any of them really into the top 15, but I think they all have good defenses, and I think that was um, worth at least getting them in their mid-pack. Go ahead, intern. Oh, this is going to piss a couple of people off, but I got Penn State at 20, uh, Washington at 19. Wow. Uh, um, Michigan State at 18. Okay. Auburn 17, and Washington State 16. Wow, Washington okay. State over Washington. Yes. Uh, that's bold, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think um, Washington State has a bit of an edge over them. Um, I think I think they're a little bit better overall. And yeah, I think Washington I lost Washington a ton on defense. Yeah, no, I think I think wa- Washington lost a ton on defense, and that's why I have them so low. Interesting. All right, well, that's why we don't pay you. Um, Perfect. <laughs> 15, I have Auburn. 14, I have Utah. 13, I have Oregon, 12, Washington, and 11, Texas A&M. Um, when I look at these, I think they're all really similar. Um, Washington, Oregon was kind of a uh, like a toss-up there. Um, same with Utah. All three of those um, Pac-12 schools, I think, are all relatively equal on the same base. I've said before, I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. And that's why I kind of have Oregon as high as I do. Um, Auburn, I think, is going to be pretty good. This season, again, with Malzahn calling the plays. Um, Washington, I think, is going to be fine. I think they're going to be able to reload that defense. And Texas A&M, I think, overall is a very talented team that's going to suffer from a brutal schedule. Uh, pass it back over to you, Jake. Uh, so my 15, this one's kind of bold. I have Syracuse. 14, I have Whoa. Auburn. Yeah. 13, Texas A&M. 12, Washington, and 11 in Oregon. I was flip-flopping on Oregon and Washington. I think they're pretty similar teams, like you said. I think as the season goes, they could, you know, be, you know, similar record. Of, you know, at the end of the season, they could both have the same record. Their game's probably going to be pretty close. Um, I, I'm thinking about Auburn, and I think I might have them a little too high. I think Auburn maybe should bump down a little bit, especially with starting a uh, true freshman. Well, at 15, I have Utah. Uh, 14, I have Texas A&M. 13, uh, this one's for you, Folsom. I got Iowa State. Bold. Yeah. <laughs> um, 12, I have Nebraska. And 11, I have Texas. All right, fair, fair. Nebraska at 12, you are riding that bandwagon. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm riding I, a lot of bandwagons I, right see, now. I and tell. I didn't put Nebraska in mind just because... It feels weird. Did Nebraska make a ball game last they year? Went they four did not, and eight. correct? Yeah. They did not. I can't say here. Like, I get it. <laughs> Scott Frost, you know, uh, Adrian Martinez. Like, they have guys there. They got better. I can't look at a team that went four and eight last year and say top 25. Like, I, I think they win their side of the conference this year. Because over the course of the season, I think they'll develop and be much better by season's end. But right now, I'm not looking at a team that went 4-8 and eight last year and saying, that team right there, top 25, and kicking out any of these teams that are in here. Like, I just, that's what kind of gets me. I And that's why I think they're somehow overrated, <laughs> um, which is crazy to me, but whatever. Um 10 through 6 here. 10, I have Texas. Uh, they're in the top 10 on here, so I guess they're officially back. Uh, Florida at 9. 8, Notre Dame. 
seven LSU and six uh, the team to the left uh, Ohio State. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Well then. Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go ahead. Give I have yours. ten Florida, nine Notre Dame, eight Texas, seven Michigan, six LSU. Fair. Fair. I feel like most of these are going to be relatively similar. It's going to be uh, obviously the same. one of us has Ohio State lower than the other two, um, and one of us has Michigan higher than the other two. I can almost. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling yep. where the intern's going to go. So, go uh, well, at ten I have uh, Notre Dame, nine I got Florida, eight I have Oregon. I'm pretty high on Oregon. I think Justin Herbert's pretty great. Um, seven I got Michigan. And six, I have LSU. You're high on Justin Herbert, but people that follow us on Twitter for some reason are not. No, Justin Herbert, he's going to be an awful quarterback because he can't run. Apparently. Uh, exactly like Tom Brady, Joe Flacco, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, um, every quarterback that's won a Super Bowl in the last decade and a half. Well, Joe Flacco's elite, uh, so. That's true. People forget that. Um, okay. <laughs> Five through one, Michigan. I've been very high on them, but I and I think they make the playoffs, but I have them at five here to start the season. Uh, four, Oklahoma. Uh, Lincoln Riley, one of the best head coaches in college football already, um, and it's crazy like just how young he is and how uh, much he has, where he has that program right now. I mean, Oklahoma's got going to have life for years. Um, Georgia at number three. Number two, I have Alabama, and obviously number one, Clemson. Um, I guess you could do one, and you could do Clemson and Alabama either way, but I look at it as Clemson won last year. Uh, it's hard for me to say, well, no, Alabama should be ahead of them. So. so I've got five, Ohio State, four, Georgia, three, Oklahoma, two, Alabama, one, Clemson. Uh, same rationale with you. Clemson won when they played last year. They're returning Trevor Lawrence. They didn't lose. Um, they lost a lot of people, but they're returning some big names as well. The way I look at it is I don't care if the defending t- national champions lost all 80 players of the NFL. I mean, if they won the national title, they should start the next season number one. Better yet, I don't think we should have preseason rankings. Yes. I just think we should have continuous rankings. Like... That would make a lot of sense. I, I never understood the rationale of why we wouldn't just keep the rankings from last year at the end of the season, the finale, and just transition them to the next year. I mean, teams aren't teams are going to fall off anyway. The preseason ranking, you know, like we mentioned before, like um, like the last like seventeen years, at least one of the teams in the top ten has not been ranked at season's end. So it's not like they matter. Um, Fair. I just think it makes more sense to just start teams where they ended. Uh, let it go from there. I mean, it's just a smart way to do it. Uh, but whatever. Uh, intern, go ahead and finish out your top 25 so we can get into this. the things I want to talk about the most. Right. Um, so I have Oklahoma at 5, uh, Ohio State at 4. Got to be got to be biased. You can't not. Um, Georgia you, at 3. I mean, you, you can I mean, I could. I, I could. Mean, I didn't put Miami in my But top somebody's got to do it. It's because Jake put him at five. So you know what? I have him at four. Um, and then I have Georgia at three. And I also have uh, Bama at two, Clemson at one, under the same rationale of they won. They deserve to keep that top spot. 
All right, folks. Well, that's our preseason top 25. That means absolutely nothing, but here it is for you anyway for content purposes. Now let's get into the big things. We have college football this weekend. Uh, there is a huge game uh, between Arizona and Hawaii. Um, <laughs> an 11-point spread on that. We'll get into that real fast before we tackle my, uh, Miami and Florida. Uh, this is not one I don't think we're going to have for an absolute, an actual pick em part of our thing this year. But uh, what do you guys think about that game? Who do you guys got? Uh, Arizona minus 11. I don't think Hawaii is nearly as talented as Arizona. What about you, intern? Um, what'd you say the spread was? Minus 11. 11. Uh, hmm. I think Arizona is going to cover. That's fine. I'll take Hawaii. Hawaii it is for me. Um, all right, let's do Miami and Florida. Let's talk about it. I want to talk about it. It's the game. It's the big game of the week. Um... Anyway, the spread's minus seven and a half for Florida. Um, let's get the picks. Out, let's get the picks out of the way to start. Uh, Jake, what are you going with for your official pick of the week? Are we doing spread, or am I picking the winner? We are doing spread. Florida seven and a half. I like Miami plus seven and a half. I think Vegas knows something. All right, and uh, intern Gibble. Yeah, it's it's tough to bet against Miami week one. Yeah, it's we're really going. not tough to get bet against Miami on week one. They got I mean, shit kicked by LSU last year. True. So just pointing that out for history's sake. <laughs> well, I'm picking. I'm picking Miami to cover. I think they they got something up their sleeves. Even though I have them at 25 in my uh, <laughs> rankings. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I mean, I I've said it before, and the closer I get to the game, my opinion on this has changed. I originally started the summer of saying I don't expect them to beat Florida. Uh, I expect them to hopefully keep it close, um, and that's all I'm really asking out of it. The closer we get and the more excited I get for this game, the more I'm leaning towards Miami. I'm absolutely taking Miami plus 7.5 because I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest. I also think they might win this game. I like. I don't. I feel like Florida's a bit overrated. I know even I put them in the top ten, but that's mainly because I think they're a little bit more talented than some of the teams outside of it. But man, I think the disrespect of Miami just not making the top twenty-five after having a top two defense the last two seasons. It's hard for me to look at this. I, I'm taking Miami plus seven and a half, and I also think they're going to win the game. I mean, and that's probably biased, but I like this team. I like Jaron Williams. I'm happy he won the starting job. Um, I think the two keys I have, and again, this game is being played in Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida, um, a neutral site game, maybe a tick closer to Gainesville. I'm not entirely sure. Um I expect a defensive slugfest between these two teams. I think they both have really good defenses. Uh, Miami did lose several key defensive members from last year's team, uh, but they returned that linebacking core of Shaq Quarterman, uh, Michael Pinkley, Trajan Bandy in the back, uh, uh, at cornerback. Um, they get Gregory Rousseau and several other stout top-rated D linemen um, coming in on the defensive line. I think they're just going to reset. Manny Diaz's protege at Louisiana Tech. Uh, 
comes over to take over the defensive coordinator job uh, after Diaz ended up taking the uh, head coaching job there. Uh, I think the defense keeps rolling for Miami. I think they're fine on that side. Question marks, obviously, on offense, and that's one thing. But I think Florida has the same question marks, and I think that it's going to come down to the quarterback play. Felipe Franks versus Jaron Williams, uh, who can make the most plays. Miami got shit-kicked by LSU last year because Joe Burrow wasn't statistically good, but he made plays when he had to. And also on the other side of that, Malik Rozier was awful in that game. Complete dog shit. Um, And I think that's a big reason why that game ended up the way it was. I'll be interested to see what happens here, but I'm very much on the side that I think I'm taking Miami to win the game outright. What about you guys? I'm taking Florida still. I think Florida... Good. That's what I want to hear. I think Florida, (laughs) as much as I dissed on Felipe Franks earlier, I think his experience will be just enough compared to Jaron Williams, who... Did he redshirt last year? He did. He got a... So this is his first game experience, essentially. Uh, I mean, he... Played a few handoff snaps against Savannah State in the 77. And I forgot about the so, red yeah. shirt rule, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, yeah, this is going to be his uh, his his big break, and I think that I do have question marks about that. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly on that side, um, but I think after watching Miami go win 10 games with Malik Rozier two years ago, um, just an uptick of better quarterback play than what I've seen the last two years. I think this Miami team can beat Florida. Um, now, obviously, if he goes out and shits the bed week one, I mean, we don't know. Also, game-winning pass to Tate Martell, the new slot receiver at Miami. Stop um, it. Stop. <laughs> that's some um, breaking news that uh, not official about Tate Martell taking wide receiver snaps to play slot receiver down that the yield, which so, is great. I'm excited for that. I think the over under is interesting because it's 47, and I think this team. I think this is going to be a lot of points because of it being early in the season. Um, I think you could see a team hit 30. Um, this is essentially saying it's going to be a 27-20 game, and I think we're going to see a couple more points than that. Um, I honestly, I'm all about the overs. I'm taking the under in this. I think it's going to be like 20 to 17. Um, I flip your thought on that because. I think it's a bit, and we see it a bit in the preseason for like NFL and stuff, where I think it's a bit easier for defenses to kind of get things together early in the season than it is offenses. Um, I think offenses, you have to have so many things in rhythm um, and happening at the right way to score points. And I think looking at these offenses and then looking at the defenses on the other side of the ball, I just... I can't see it being very high scoring. And I could be wrong. Um, I mean, that could go over based on, you know, two pick sixes for all I know. Um, So, I don't know. It's a very low score, though. But I expect this to be, you know, 20-17, to 24-17, something in that range, relatively close. Yeah, I think it's going to be more a lot more of a defensive slugfest because I think both teams have defenses that are already pretty well established, and I think they're already... I think they're going to get right back into their own rhythm um, on that side of the ball. But offensively, I think there's a lot more question marks for both teams. Um, I think Florida wins also. Um, But again, I think it's a defensive slugfest, and I think it's real close. That makes sense. Um, I mean, looking at 
prior history, the last three games between these teams have hit the under in terms of that 47 score. Um, most, yeah, I mean, and then you can kind of go back before that, and I mean, it's a little bit more uh, higher scoring than that. But um, in terms of the last three meetings, uh, since 2004 at least, uh, you're like at 27-10, 26-3, 21-16 uh, in the most recent matchup. So um, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the under in that. Um, probably won't bet it, but I don't want to spend my money on the unders. That's a boring way to watch. It's too short to bet the under. That's entirely too true. <laughs> I could die tomorrow, and if I die tomorrow betting the unders, then just cremate me and throw me out to sea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for that. I'll likely be very heavily live-tweeting that game with reactions. Uh, Same. I, I can't wait. It's going to be a great day. Um, anyway, folks, we'll be back next week with the results of this game. We'll have... Um, I think the way we're kind of going to go through this with the regular season, we'll kind of have news and stuff like that. I think we're going to kind of have more heavily focus on 10 game slate throughout, uh, each week. Um, probably hit a few things here and there. Like, you know, if there was a, you know, big play to win the game and, uh, some random game on the slate or something like that. We won't totally ignore other teams, but heavily focused on more, more so 10 games each week, um, and breaking them down and picking them. Uh, as well as news and stuff like that. So that's kind of what to expect. Uh, we'll be back with that next week. Um, subscribe to us on whatever you're listening to us on. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. Um, and give us a five-star rating as well. Um, subscribe, you know, lets you, you know, that way every time we get a new episode out there, you'll have it immediately. Um, and when you go to rate us five stars, leave us your college football playoff predictions or any bold predictions you have for the season in the comments. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, Jake, you're the one that runs our Twitter account. Why don't you go ahead and hit us with the uh, ad on that so folks can find us out there. The Twitter is at walkonredshirts, uh, shirts with an S at the end. Um, pretty active. I do follow back. And that's all that matters in this world. That's all that matters. Got to uh, get your followers up. <laughs> and if your interest is in what is potentially going to end up, I don't know how it's going to go with, for this. This is a rivalry game. Traditionally, every year for the Miami-Florida State rivalry game, I get on Twitter and do a live stream of me essentially drinking an entire bottle of Fireball and watching that game. I'm excited. I don't know if that'll happen for this week's game, but I will certainly be very active. You can find me at Versace Caesar on that. Um, I will certainly be all over the Twitter watching that game. Super excited for the Manny Diaz era. There's a lot of energy down there. Um, also, it's probably also partially just because like it's the one team I have that I root for that I expect to be good this year. Um, well, them and Iowa State, I guess, uh, who I've essentially become a fan of. Um, Got to get that Brock jersey, per, Brock Purdy jersey. Um, so, yeah, folks, uh, have a great week, and we'll catch up with you guys next week.